Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Hey, Jen. Hey, Allie. <clears throat> Cue fake past kits music. There you go. You must be tired, huh? Oh, I am tired. You need more coffee. Right? That's the answer. Yeah. I'm telling you, coffee is the answer. Also, if you listen to Michael Jackson, love may be the answer. Depends. Right. Yeah. So what's up? Nothing much. Busy at work. Yeah? Yeah. Guess what I did today? I took a nap. And I slept through my dentist appointment and I woke up a half an hour after I'm supposed to be there. And so I hurry up and I run there. And the thing is, they're replacing my two oldest crowns. Okay. So I run that. They had already done one and I had the temporary and I'm about to get my permanent crown. <laughs> and they let me still come, which I thought was really nice. They let me still go to my appointment, even though I, at this point I'm a solid almost hour late because I have to now drive there. So I hurry up and I drive there. They let me in. They go to put my permanent crown on, and they thought it was flawed, so they sent it back. <laughs> really? Uh huh. She's like, I want it to be perfect, and I don't feel like they did a perfect job on this. I would want to have a perfect crown. That's what I thought. So she sent it back, and it's like took additional scans and sent it. That was to them too. It was like and sent them the mold today from the mold last time to show them where they went wrong. It, yeah, she's not playing games. She wrote them like a little report on what they had done. Sent the permanent crown back. So now I have two temporary crowns on the same side of my face. And I just regained feeling. And I it gave me a headache. But your brother fed me, so I'm feeling much better. Hello? Jen? I can't hear you. Why can't you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. I was just <laughs> about to start singing Lionel Richie's Hello. <laughs> the- oh, I I was I was saying I don't have much to I don't have much going on. I'm working a lot. You got the fancy life. All this cool stuff happening. Teeth? No. Oh, well, they are also um, putting up a new roof. They just did that on the condo this weekend, and the neighbors behind us for almost a month redid the entire condo so that was nice and loud i think my poor dog has anxiety worse than before but yeah it's good (laughs) (laughs) just the regular adult shit that happens you know what i mean you just can't help it so what do you got to talk about today uh i am talking talking about two things that we talked about a while ago which was the Detroit serial killer and rapist, and then the Roden family slaughter. Okay. Now, I do Just remember little... there was more than one serial killer. You're do- you did the one that was most current, right? I did the one that was like yeah, that 99, was... 2000. Right. And you did the serial killer. Uh, this one recent. is 20. Yeah, it was 2019. Okay, yeah. So what I'm going what to do. What are you do- doing? Okay, I got this one. Check this out. You did the Cocoa Beach. Um, uh, bodies found buried one the one where they found buried bodies at Cocoa Beach 
Mm-hmm. When we were talking about it, you mentioned this case of this body being found. And I said, oh, I'm, I was going to do an article on that one. And then you explained further. And I realized that's not the one I'm talking about, that we're talking about two different ones. And I said then, in April of 2019, don't worry, <laughs> I will do the other one. And I'm going to do it today. <laughs> I go. guess I didn't set a timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it's going to involve a Jane and a John Doe. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Why don't you go first? Because I am really um, curious about the follow-up on those. Well, the Detroit serial killer and rapist isn't going to be that great. Okay. And you'll have to like remind me of some of the details because, you know, this was the, this was the, where they were finding older women in the fifties murdered raped and murdered in abandoned buildings okay in In detroit Detroit, yeah and then detroit started to um like board up the community came together and started boarding up places and um They had people walk in the streets at night and all kinds of, you know, they made a a big push to try to deter the guy from doing it. Okay. And so that was 2019. And and they said he was targeting sex workers. Okay. I see. I just went on and told you all the stuff that I had wrote down. Oh shit! Go ahead. Uh, he had, he had four, Go ahead. No, yeah. no. I like. He had four known victims okay. at the time when he was arrested in June of 2019, and his name was D'Angelo Martin, age 34, and he was charged with one count of assault with intent and four counts criminal sexual conduct. Wow. And I think that because they couldn't pin it on him he they had something else that they could pin on him okay like evidence Uh, that he did one thing but they didn't have evidence he did the other for these four okay you know what i mean but it was similar and then in october 2019 he was being scheduled to have an evaluation done to determine if he was competent to stand trial okay and where is he now where is that's what you're asking yeah, that's where you're at. I'm asking the same thing. Oh, like how do you arrest somebody that supposedly is serial killer and rapist, and there's not a darn thing anywhere? Not in Otis at all. Michigan's not Otis. in o- not in Otis. Not in any Detroit things. I wonder if like, they don't put him in Otis. If he was he already sentenced or no? Do you know? No, he hadn't even went to trial yet. Oh, maybe they don't put you in there until you've been sentenced. So maybe he's just in jail being held because, so say you go to court and you're, the whole court process takes a year and you're in jail and you can't provide the bond. You're in jail that, that entire year. Even if you're found innocent, you were still in jail that entire year. That's just craziness. I know. But like I told you that cop Resnick, Robert Resnick, who is a dirty cop, gets busted, supposed to go to jail, can't find it. <laughs> and he was right. sentenced. Can't find that he did it. And I was just like, what does that mean? Does that mean he never went to jail? Does that mean 
Does it mean it was house arrest? Maybe he said it's house arrest. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But it was really weird. You would think you would hear something about it, right? right? It would be some new star. Because some we follow. had a serial killer last year in Detroit. You mean that? Why did we already forget about it? Yeah, and yeah. so it was such a big it was such a big deal, and now it's just not a big deal. Yeah, right. We forgot all about. I don't it. know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe once you get locked up, it don't matter because you're locked up and nobody's getting killed, so True. it's not a news story anymore. Oh, good point. You got points. All right. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm grasps, grasping at things right now. Okay. Well, tell me about. So, give me a refresher on the road and family member. I remember a lot of people died for sure. Yeah. This was the podcast for the family slaughter that took place on April 21st, 2016. It was eight people were murdered across four homes in Pike County, Ohio. Okay. And remember, they believe that the murders were over um, trying to get one of the... Oh, custody, right? One of custody, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... The Columbus Dispatch News did an article on the case in April 2020 because that marked four years since the murder took place. Can you believe it was that long? No. Four years. Yeah. They claimed this to be the longest homicide investigation in Ohio history. Oh. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. And that means that they have probably a really good record. Right. getting stuff done i would like to think so yeah because nobody wants to be in jail and then i don't know get found innocent right but these people are not it's not looking good for them you know what i mean it's not looking good yeah Yeah, i'm not so sure um four people from the wagner family were charged with killing the eight Roden family members with 32 bullets jeez it is being reported that in the fall of 2020 trials will begin. The pre-trials were scheduled for April, May 2020, but, you know, COVID has delayed all that. Yeah, yeah. And remember, in addition to the four Wagners, they're George, Angela, and their two sons, George and Edward. The two grandmothers of Edward and George were charged in connection to this murder, too. Okay. So do you remember that? Yeah, I do. The grandmas, didn't yeah. two of the grandmas get off? They were, um, no. Oh. They did not. I thought they did. I, I remembered wrong. Right. I'm glad you corrected me. <laughs> you would think. But in the, the one grandma, Frederica, age 77, and then the other one was Rita, age 67, they were both charged with perjury, obstructing, and forgery and then in june 2019 frederica's charges were dropped so that's probably who you were thinking about okay and then in december 2019 rita pled guilty to obstructing official business she is actually accused of forging a birth certificate involved in the custody dispute oh 2019 she was awaiting sentencing and so we'll have to continue to watch this and and see how he evolves nice that's pretty cool and i'm really glad that you did one for an older one because yeah i'm bringing up an article that you know a year and a half ago i said i'd do 
<laughs> so there. And I, I like that you did it. I finally did it. That's right. It might have taken a while, but we got there. And I got this info from Perkolately.com, uh, of course, Wikipedia, New York Times, and Chapelboro.com. Are you ready? What was the first? What was the first Is, one you said? Percolator. Percolately. Percolately. Oh, Percolately. Yeah. That okay. Mm-hmm. I got there was an article from them. So there was a set of remains found in September of 1998, and it was this skeletal corpse that was discovered under this billboard sign on the side of the road by a maintenance crew that was cutting grass in Mabane, which is in Orange County, North Carolina. Yeah. And the police were called, and they did arrive on scene to collect evidence. But um, from the state of the scene, they believe, like, basically this person was killed somewhere else and then dumped underneath the billboard sign. And it was soon okay. determined that the remains were that of a kid. And he had black hair, like, three or four inches long. They thought he could possibly be Hispanic. And he was wearing khaki shorts, a shirt, what appeared to be a newer set of shoes, white socks and underwear. And there was like $50 in his pocket of his shorts. And they determined that he had died in the spring of the same year that he was found in 1998. So the police okay. weren't able to locate any family members. So the kid's given the name Billboard Boy while they're looking for like who he really is. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. I actually just yelled. I'm really sorry. Okay. Frank Bender, he's this forensic sculptor, and he became famous through the TV show America's Most Wanted. Do you remember that time we got that little mix up? (laughs) But he's from America's Most Wanted, and he sculpts uh, the busts of different people. And he had done John List on that show. Do you remember that? No. Okay. So John List is this dude that killed his mom, his wife, and his three kids. Then he disappears for eight, like 18 years. This dude, Frank Bender, makes a sculpture of what he thinks he would look like, and he ages um, John List's face, and he adds the type of glasses he thought John might be wearing now. And he is literally right on all counts. And John List is recognized from the TV show after almost two dec- decades, and he's brought in you know, to jail. So this dude, Frank, yeah, also makes a bust of the boy under the billboard. And so the bust is given time and attention in the news and still nobody calls saying that they recognize him. So that is the last bust that sculpture of the billboard board is billboard boy. It's the last one that Frank makes in his career because he dies of cancer the next year. Oh, I know. Bummer. And Dr. Douglas (laughs) Ooblaker. from the Smithsonian Institute also creates a rendering of what he thought the kid might look like, but still nobody identifies the kid. So the case had gone to the national center for missing and exploiting children, exploited children. And by October of 2018, 20 years after his body's discovered, they finally released more information to the public and pictures of the crime scene were released. And it's brought to the public's attention that the boy was actually not Hispanic like they originally thought, but instead he was European and Asian mixed. And he had been strangled by de- to death by his assailant, and they believed that he had died in either June or July of 1998. And since recently, people have been using DNA, well, not people, but uh, the police agencies have been using DNA 
to examine remains that they found like decades ago. That's one of the things they're doing. Um, he, they decided to use the DNA to try and testify in this kid's family. So another famous person, someone that's famous for their skill in finding missing people, gets involved in this boy's case. In December of 1928, this doctor named, her name is Barbara, and her last name is Ray Venter. She's known for her work in identifying uh, several people, including this one guy who's known by a few names. He's known as the East Area Rapist. He's also known as the Night Stalker and the Golden State Killer. And he's also known by Joseph James D'Angelo Jr. You know that guy? Yes. Yeah, you do. I had to think about it. Aren't you I had to think about it for a minute. I don't know why. Yeah, you had to, You said you were going to send me a... I got to wait for that book. But yes. Yeah. That's that guy. So she actually used... as the person that used DNA to figure out that it was him. It's this lady. So she... Oh, okay. Yep. So she starts to work on the Billboard Boys case. And she does, using GEDmatch, find someone related to this kid. She finds a first cousin who lived in Hawaii. And that person... Gave the little boy his name, which was Robert Adam Witt, and he's known as Bobby. And he, and he was 10 years old. And some of Bobby's extended family lived in the mainland United States in Ohio, which is where they were before they disappeared. And nobody was aware that the young boy was missing because he was last seen with his mother, My Young, uh, Hua Cho. And My Young was 44 years old in 1998. And she had not been seen in years. But her family had believed that she had gone back to South Korea with her son. And so they, that's how they lost contact with her. So once they realize that. that Bobby's been killed, right? They immediately are like, okay, then my young must also be dead. Because she has not contacted us in all these years. Because now they're contacting family in Korea. And they, everybody realizes now nobody's seen her. And they're like, she would not have abandoned her son or allowed harm to come to him. Like, she's got to be gone too. So investigators begin to look in unidentified at unidentified female remains from the area that were located around the same time that uh, Bobby was found. Again, the National Center for Missing and Exploiting Children found okay. remains of an Asian uh, woman, someone of Asian descent, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, May 13th, 1998. And she had been killed the day before they were able to determine on May 12th through suffocation. And her naked body had been found on the side of a road that ran parallel to Interstate 85. And she had been bound at the wrists and she had ligature marks that were still visible on her skin. And they did DNA tests between her and Bobby and it was his mother. So investigators, I know, isn't that terrible? They found a Jane Doe through her son who was a John Doe. Oh, it's just terrible. So investigators, within two days of finding out Bobby's identity went to speak to his biological father and my young's husband, whose name is John Russell Witt. And at the time, John was serving prison time for an armed robbery that he committed in Kentucky in 1999. And he was living in Ashland, which is a federal correctional institute in Kentucky, where he was, uh, he was supposed to stay there until the year 2037 for his robbery sentence. And that was when John confessed that he had actually murdered his son and his wife. And it's believed that John suffered my young to death on the 12th in uh, 1998 Concord, North Carolina. He then left her body on the side of the road in South Carolina to be found the next day, which actually kind of fucked things up because North and South Carolina were going back and forth between, you know, who gets the murder case or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry I had the yawns. <laughs> I apologize. You know who else needs coffee? This girl right here. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, um, so John allows Bobby to live for like a few more months, three more months longer than his mom lived. And on July 29th, 1998, John strangles Bobby to death. Also in North, Concord, North Carolina. And he dumps Bobby's body an hour and a half away in Mabane, North Carolina. And on January 15th, 2020, John Russellwit pled guilty to two charges of first-degree murder for the deaths of his wife and son. And he pled guilty to two charges of concealment of a dead body. And I think there's like, you know, a few other charges in there. But I am telling you, there is no information on the Federal Correction Complex website for Bunter, which is where he stays now. And it 1,000% made me appreciate Michigan's Otis website. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michigan Otis will tell you, you know, what they're in there for, what's active, and yeah. Anyway, for the murders, John was given 58 years in prison, plus an additional 46 years for the other charges, leading to a total of 104 years. He's there forever. Yes. Well, that 104 years was ordered to be added to the time he had to stay in the correction facility from the robbery case. So instead of having a release date of 2037, he now has to remain in prison until he dies. Or if he's a vampire or zombie, (laughs) 2141. (laughs) So with no, he didn't get any parole. No parole. He's in jail to 2141. The end. Or until he dies. Either one. Either which one he reaches first. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's going to be death. Yes. He, yeah. He killed his wife and son. Like, what a that's real so piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, buddy, yes. So, yeah, you started talking about this kid that had been found buried. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that one. And then you go a little bit farther. I'm like, I don't know that one. <laughs> I do remember. I do remember that now. Do you? That you said that. Yeah. yeah, that you said that. All right. Well, I will talk to you later, Jen. All right. Bye. Bye. Contact us at Anchor or Michigan and Other Mayhem at gmail dot com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye bye now.